Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. We're going to talk some USC Trojan football as we count down the spring football. It starts in one week from today, so we're going to bring on the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com. We got to hear from Graham Harrell, USC's offensive coordinator, yesterday, so we're going to talk about that. Talk about USC spring practice schedule that was released today. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com or you can go to you can give us a call or send us a text. The number for that is 424-254-9141. We do appreciate you uh calling in and texting in and emailing in and especially this offseason. Things are going to get rolling now that spring football is just around the corner, so we'll have a lot more interesting things to talk about, uh especially what's this offense going to look like? That's the number one question I think every USC fan had. During this offseason and after what we heard from Graham Harrell yesterday, I think Trojan fans are going to be pretty happy, but we'll have to wait and see. But it looks uh, looking pretty promising from what we saw and heard from Graham Harrell yesterday. All right, well, let's bring in the coach. He's on the line. Coach Harvey Hyde on our Celebrity Hotline, not sponsored by anybody. So if you want to sponsor our Celebrity Hotline for the coach, just give me it. You know, send me an email. Let me know if you want to do that. The coach, what's up? How are you? Everything is great. I'll tell you, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Not a lot of questions because there's not a lot going on. But when spring practice starts, there would be a lot going on as far as players, depth charts, who's looking good, what's happening, all the things we love to talk about. But there still are things to talk about. And, Ryan, you attended the press that was called uh, for a small group of individuals, not a large group, sort of uh, a roundtable discussion. And uh, also... uh, I have my comments on it too, so why don't we get started? Yeah, we'll we'll jump right into it. Before we do, just wanted to thank uh, Southern California Tickets. If you need tickets for anything, I recently went to a Laker game. Um, got to see LeBron James play in a Laker uniform for the first time, and they actually beat uh, the Houston Rockets, so that was pretty cool. But you can go to SoCalTixTix.com or give them a call and tell Curtis that the coach sent you 1-800-888-7287. They got tickets to all kinds of sporting events. But if you want to do something else as well, like, uh, you know, go to a play, go to a musical, things like that, you can get that at Southern California Tickets too. So they've been sponsoring us for a very long time. We appreciate uh, them being part of the Peristyle Podcast family. And uh, Coach, wanted to jump in. Uh, We we want to talk Graham Harrell. That's going to be the meat of the the subject today. We got a couple questions, like you said, text questions and stuff. But uh, this morning, and I think Kerry Colbert uh, put it out on social media yesterday, but we do know the times and locations of all the USC spring football practices. There was some rumblings about maybe having spring football closed to the public again. Now, keep in mind, the Coliseum is still not done, so it's being renovated. So they were, for the second year in a row, they're going to have the spring showcase uh, on campus. But uh, what they're going to do is they're going to be the same sort of format, a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday format. Tuesday, Thursday practices will be at 3.15 p.m. Saturday practices will be at 10 a.m., except for April 6th, which is the spring showcase. 
That will be 11 a.m. at uh, at the, the, the Cromwell Field at the Track Stadium. So you can watch it there. Uh, I don't remember. last year maybe a couple thousand people came up. It's pretty small. Um, you know, it's it's a more intimate setting, but you can actually get a pretty good view of practice if you would like to uh, to come check that out. So it's it's um, it's you know pretty similar schedule to like what we've seen before. USC's pro day is going to be March twentieth uh at at, the, at Cromwell Field it's going to be closed to the public um but we usually are down there kind of uh talking about everything that's going on but the dates for the spring practices it starts March 5th which is a week from today Tuesday February 26th so they go March 5 7 9 then they take a week off so you get that first weekend and then the week off for spring break then they're going to go to uh the 19th 21st 23rd 26th 28th 30th and then in April, two weeks, uh, the 2nd, the 4th, the 6th, then the 9th, the 11th, and the 13th. And so there will be a week of spring football after the spring showcase. That's something new. They haven't done that before. So the, the showcase will be Saturday, um, April 6th. But then they will still practice, like I said, the 9th, the 11th, and the 13th of April. So uh, pretty Regular schedule, I guess you could say, Coach. They've always done this, this, you know, last several years, this six-week format, three a week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and one week off for for spring football. So, I don't. I don't what are your thoughts on all that, Coach? Uh, well, first of all, I have no problem on the times. I have some questions as far as how they're they've organized spring practice. Uh, and I said this last year. Uh, I'm not in favor of going three days and then giving everybody a week off. You get into a rhythm and you get into uh, continuity and so on, and then you have a whole week off where everybody goes home and everything else. And then when you come back, uh, you have to more or less use a day to get back and uh, sort of review what you learned the first three days. And I think you waste a day in coming back. And you've always heard me. I'm very uh, strong on you can't waste a minute, you can't waste a day of practice in any way. And then I'm always against the showcase, if you know. I think that's sort of an excuse. I mean, there's many stadiums around that you can use as far as for a spring scrimmage and uh, get out and get after it and teach off of it. And uh, if you were at the showcase last year and the year before, all it is 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 thud, basically. And that means, you know, you block the guy. You don't bring the guy down. You don't do anything. You just... Uh, you know, go through drills. And, and I'm not for that in the spring. I'm for getting to be better. And then a week after the showcase, you come back, and I think when you have a showcase, your players mentally, I'm talking about mentally, feel spring practice is over. They really do. Oh, we had our big day. No one else is coming back. And then you come back and you go three more days, and I think that's sort of anticlimactic uh, as far as uh, the completion of spring practice. That's just me now. That's just me. I think that, you know, spring practice is something you can't waste one practice. And when you legally can get in full pads and get after it and hit people and become a better football team, especially with a new offense and the defense with uh, new coaches and adjustments that Clancy has made, I hope, updating his defense, that uh, you become a better football team. So that's my comment on the days and also, you know, uh, uh, I know this too, that you and I will be able to find ourselves at practice. And I'm happy about that. As far as we will be back in the playpen so that none of us get lost. We will be in that little corner, which I thank everyone for, because I love seeing you guys in our 10 by 10 uh, square yard 
uh, meeting area where we watch practice and everybody stands in front of us. <laughs> yeah, we, we're kind of used to that by now. Um, <laughs> oh, we are. <laughs> hey, what do you think would happen if one Saturday or one practice I had it catered for us guys? What do you think the reaction would be if I had In-N-Out Burger come over and put oh. the media cater us all and we'd all sit around and have our soft drinks or whatever and have a little catering in the media area. Do you think that'd go over pretty good? That, that would go over wonderfully, Coach. I think you should definitely do that. I've, I've done things like brought donuts or uh, cookies or something that I made. I would bring them to like the media room. But yeah, actually right. having something out on the field would be pretty cool. Yeah, you know, under that little umbrella they sometimes put up, we'll put a round table up. Because I always believe in eating around a round table, whether you're a team or a staff, so everybody can face each other and see who they're talking to, and everybody knows what's going on. And we just eat some burgers and relax, and then we watch the practice. I think that, I think uh, you should remind me of that and see if they can. You know, we can get approval first of all. First of all, we got to get approval to do that, right. obviously. And and if we get approval, then. Maybe we'll make it a habit. Maybe one week it'll be the Times week. Maybe one week it'll be my week. Maybe one week it's your week. Maybe one week it's somebody else's week. Yeah. We have a lot of fun with that. I think that would be great. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's, it's good to get some snacks and stuff out there, but uh, like In-N-Out Burger. Now, that you might make the, the players jealous. So there'll be fans, but they're separated from us. They can't hang out where we are. So we'd have our own little area. But it's one of those things, like if you don't bring enough for everybody, I, I mean – is it going to be a problem? No, we're going to bring enough because we only have maybe, what do we have? Maybe 20 people, maybe totally. Yeah, in there. probably. Yeah. 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 That's not a big deal. And we all sort of, uh, we love to talk to each other and we haven't seen each other and communicate with each other and have some fun. But that's just a suggestion. You get it approved. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much pull I, I have. I get that assignment to you. Okay. I'm like the, and, the elder statesman there now, but I don't know if, how much pull I have, but we could, you know, we could work on it. <laughs> I'll, uh, we'll see what we can do. I'll we'll have fun some anyway, Tesla. okay? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so spring football, you know, I, I think it's going to be very interesting because, you know, last year it was more about the quarterback competition. And I know there's some fans that want to see uh, more of a competition, but that, you know, you have an established starter. It will be open. So there will be some of that, but it's not going to be the same thing. Like you're talking about, uh, you know, someone that started most of the season, and, you know, in JT Daniels. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But if like Jack Sears or Matt Fink or Kevon Slovis, like if they, uh, you know, if, if they kind of pop up and, and, and can win the job, that would be big news. But, you know, most likely you're going to see JT Daniels, at least in my opinion, probably win that one. But the whole offense is going to be different. And I think that's what people are going to uh, want to see. Now, I know the secondary is going to be pretty thin uh, with a lot of guys leaving from last year. Uh, the defensive scheme, though, is probably going to be, you know, very, very similar. It's not exactly the same to what you've seen the last couple of years because Clancy Pendergast is still there. But on offense, Coach, I think there's going to be a lot uh, different. And we got to hear from Graham Harrell, the USC's new offensive coordinator, yesterday on campus. Coach mentioned we had a it was a small room in the sports, inform you know, like the meeting room in the sports information uh, department yesterday. So they limited it to like one person per media group. So I actually went in there and I set up a camera. Then I left and let Dan Weber ask the questions and stuff. And I ended up watching it in the other room uh, just because it was, it was packed. Like all the seats were, were taken stuff. Um, and, but I thought for a young coach who's only really been, uh, you know, he's been paid to be an assistant coach in college football. This will be his fifth season uh, as far as being a full-time assistant coach. Cause he did one year 
at Washington State as a receivers coach. And he did a year before that, I think, as a GA or quality control, like an analyst or something. And then last three years as the offensive coordinator uh, at North Texas. So I'll start off with a question we got, Coach, and then we'll get we'll break down some of the different aspects of what Graham Harold talked about and get your thoughts. But this is from uh, Ray. He said, I really like Graham Harold's press conference because he didn't give coach speak. Uh, and he says, like Clay Hilton, he seemed genuinely excited to be here and forthright about his system. He has a breath of fresh air. If he can use our talent the same as he did with lesser talent, then not only will the offense score more, but our defense will be better since they won't be on the field as much as last year. Your thoughts? That's Ray in uh, Florida. Well, Ray in Florida, first of all, uh, uh, I like this young guy as far as his enthusiasm and his no BS type of talk. Uh, I've enjoyed, too, uh, reading about him. I wasn't invited to the. I didn't try to go anyway, but I got all the information from Ryan and his website on what happened and about him. Uh, I think, first of all, uh, you've got to look at the programs. He was at a different level, a different program uh, that uh, played uh, different competition. I mean, you know, they played in the bowl game. They got to the bowl game. They got beaten in their bowl game, blah, 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 so ever. But they got there. And I think this is a great, exciting thing from it, for him. And I think it's a great opportunity for him. I think, first of all, Clay Helton should have been there to introduce him because I think that he works for Clay Helton. I don't think it should have been just him there. I think he, Clay Helton should have come in and given a little bit of a background on who he is and why he's with us and how excited he is to have him on the staff and break down a little bit of how he's going to turn the offense over to him and why. And then have him come in or have him be right next to him and then start talking and maybe even sit next to him to show the support that he's giving him as far as with the USC Trojan football program and the offense. That's number one. Okay, that I'm just saying if I was doing it, this is what I would ask for. And then I think he, that he was very professional in describing his philosophy and talking about having fun and talking about uh, a running game is very important. Talked about different type of series when you talk about double tights in certain uh, situations and passing the football and open competition and, and uh, suggesting things that he learned from like Mike Leach and, and Cliff Kingsbury and others and having a pro background as far as understanding why he didn't like the Green Bay offense and the play calling in that, which I agree 100%. It's too long. It's like a paragraph. By the time you figure out what you're supposed to do, the play's over. I think that you take great talent. How many times have you heard me? You put them on the field and you match your guy against their guy. And if you have my X is bigger than your O, I'm going to win. And if everybody's communicating, I think that's what you have to do. You've heard me uh, talk about uh, getting a lot of plays, but running those plays right. So we talked about it's not the number of plays you have, it's how you execute them. And I think that's exactly what we've been talking about. And he talked about rhythm and series. He talked about uh, having an idea of what you're doing and also the quarterback having the ability to check off and run a different play, not run into the strength, which they haven't done before, at least to my knowledge. Maybe they have by looking to the sideline and being a change of play from the coach on the sideline. So what he's basically doing is educating his quarterback to be the 12th man on the field, and I'm here to assist you and help you, and let's get it done. I like all that attitude in what he said. I don't worry about his age. 
I don't at all. But I was a very young head football coach at one time, younger than he was. And I want to tell you, if you got uh, the brains and you understand the game and you played the game at a major level, then you have an idea of what is necessary when you played what you liked and what you didn't like. And he brings to them this as far as the experience of playing professional football, playing in Division I football, coaching on a level where they do throw the ball around a lot, and he says he's not going to do that, and he's going to be a comp, take a combination of everything, which I think is very, very important. You take what you've learned and you make your packages, and I think I like that, and I respect him for that. Now I've got to be able to watch to see if they allow him to do that. And if they do give him that opportunity to develop the quarterbacks, and if these quarterbacks are given the opportunity to compete. And I also think it's very important, too, that the offensive line and these other coaches playing different or coaching different positions, I think it's refreshing for the offensive line to have a new offensive line coach because they're tired of hearing all the things before the other line coach was saying about you're going to be the uh, guard next year, or Bradley, you're going to start, or this or that. They got a whole new system and a whole new philosophy with receiver coaches and the whole thing. So, as far as the start from the press conference, except for a couple of those things I mentioned, hey, I'm looking forward to spring practice. I want to see this young guy go in there and be able to do what he's done and see if I want them to allow him. You hired him for a reason. Let him do it. Yeah, no, I I think you have to do that. That's and I, it sounds like he's going to have that uh, opportunity. Um, there, so he, there was a lot. There was about twenty two minutes or so of the press conference. They they shut it down. I wish they would have let us talk a little bit longer. We didn't get to talk about tight ends. We didn't get to talk about the offensive line. Um, but there was, I think, there was a lot of really good questions. There's some notes that I took from that coach, and I thought I would mention a specific topic and then kind of get your thoughts on that. If that works for you. Sure. Okay. So first thing, uh, one of the early things he was asked about was how he ended up at USC. And, you know, he said it was sort of a random deal. Uh, he had turned down a couple of jobs that we know North Carolina, Mac Brown at North Carolina wanted to bring him in. Um, he felt they had a chance to really be special at North Texas. Uh, Mason fine. Who's you know been the quarterback for him for a while. Um, they've had top 25 offenses, but he said a job like this is maybe once in a career opportunity. So it sounded like, you know, yes, there was other jobs out there, but once a place like USC comes around, a place you can actually, he mentioned like you could actually win a national championship. He said, there's just not that many places that you can do that. And I agree with him. You hear me talk about USC being and was an elite college football program and people aren't satisfied without it being that. And I'm glad that he understands that, too, and understands, and I'm glad to see him being excited and not being afraid to say what USC should be. And that's why he came. And he's a guy that loves pressure. As he said, he moved his family here. I love that. You have pressure no matter where you do. Whatever job you have, you have pressure. So pressure is pressure, okay? If you want to do a good job, you put more pressure on yourself than anybody else can put on you. So I really respect him for that, and and uh, I think that uh, some of the jobs he may have been offered, maybe he interviewed at. I'm not quite sure if he was offered those positions, but I think being interviewed is, is quite a, a presence at a major university. I know what schools he did interview at. And I, I think that Clay Helton is giving him the opportunity of a, a lifetime dream 
Because if this offense moves with the great talent that USC normally has and should have, he's got a great opportunity of becoming a head football coach somewhere. And that should happen. And you need coaches on your staff that have the potential of being a head football coach at a Division One level. And we have talked about who that is now on the staff. And now this kid could be that potential guy. So let's give him a break and let him go and be excited about having him and not just worry about the offense. You better worry about what the defense is doing and the special teams are doing too, or this guy will be playing catch-up football the entire game. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Um, so the the next thing he started talking, he was asked about, Graham Harrell was asked about uh, how long it really took him to kind of learn this air raid offense. And he made it clear from the beginning that This isn't necessarily the air raid, but there's a lot of air raid concepts. It's, you know, he wasn't really sure what to call it, but it's not, he focuses more on the run game than like a Mike Leach did, like the offense he ran when he was at Texas Tech. But he felt like you could pick it up, right? You know, it's pretty simple. the, The big philosophy behind it is more, it's simplicity. It's less about X and O's and more about like a philosophy. Um, they really try to keep it simple. They don't want the quarterback thinking too much. And he talked about his time at Green Bay where they had like a playbook that was like a foot thick and every, and you mentioned this already, every uh, play was, um, you know, a paragraph long and he had offered the Green Bay coaches like, if you pay me more, I can come in and simplify this stuff. So, um, so it seemed like for him, he redshirted his first year. He, I think he hurt his ankle his second year, but he ended up starting his third year and then setting all the NCAA records. But it sounded like from what he was saying, coach, that it's not that it's not like something that takes you a long time to learn. They really want to focus on uh, a few things and do them really well. And that's what I've been preaching for how long, Ryan, you do this part. You, we've done this podcast for 12 years and I, you always hear me say, get the great players, put them in a position where they can excel. Don't have them think too much. Let them use their athletic ability and put it in, put them in a position where they can win. The matchups, that, that, that's what it's all about, the matchups and how you can get your best guy and a guy that can't play against him or cover him or blocking schemes or whatever. Or if they cover this, we do this. If they do that, we do this. And there'll be plays in the offense. Uh, I don't know, but there'll be plays in the offense you call a run or you just call a formation. And the play happens without anybody knowing what it's going to be. Uh, he reads the strong safety where he lines up and who's got the backs and the flat and whatever else. And he reads the strong safety on the snap of the ball. And if the safety forces, he throws a slant. If the state safety stays back, he hands the ball off. If the safety comes up and the, and the slant's covered, he keeps the ball. I mean, uh, this is what's fun. And this is what getting to know each other is all about. So I don't think that USC has done this before. But I think it's a, a, a fun type of offense where you match your great athletes against other athletes. And you work a lot on pass blocking. You have a lot of screens. You have a lot of draws. You have different formations for different parts of the field on balancing defenses out when you use double tight end. You balance the fronts out. So there's a lot of reasons and uh, purposes that you do certain things. And uh, I haven't seen his team play that much. I watched some highlights of it. But again, he might have to change it a little bit as far as the amount of running plays that he has with his quarterback. Because I don't think uh, if you evaluate it right, like you mentioned, JT Daniels being the quarterback, if he is, 
I think Sears and Fink can run the football, and uh, you know you can't worry about your quarterback getting hurt when you run this type of offense if he's going to be a running back for you. So uh, I think you've got to look at this, and I think he's got the brains to make those adjustments. Yeah, no, I do too. He seems like a really sharp guy. Um, it's interesting when he was uh, learning the the, uh, the the offense, the air raid offense from Mike Leach when he first got to Texas Tech. Like Leach was, you know, busy with other things, so he was learning from a young student assistant they had uh, by the name of Lincoln Riley. So that's pretty interesting that he was there. Um, he's like, yeah, I thought he was like the head coach. So I thought that was kind of a funny little, uh, you know, to, to see someone like that. So Lincoln Riley coming out of that system, you know, I think you've pre- you can feel pretty good about Graham Harrell. Uh, and he was also asked about um, play calling at North Texas. And he was like the first thing out of his mouth, coach, was he was calling plays from day one. That's what he wanted to do when he was at Washington State. You're never going to be the offensive coordinator. You're never going to be the quarterback coach because that's Mike Leach. So you know, he wanted to learn from Leach, but he also wanted to have that opportunity. And then this was a perfect situation for him because he could go be the quarterback coach. He could be the offensive coordinators, coordinator, and he could call plays for Seth Luttrell, the head coach there, who is also an offensive guy. So that was one of the big questions, I think, coach. The, but knowing that Graham Harrell came in and was the play caller from day one should probably make USC fans feel pretty good. No, and I agree with you because it's not the first time I've done it. And over the past couple of years, uh, a lot of guys have been the first time they've done it. And uh, USC is not a place you learn at. I've said that all along. It's a place that you get the best guy you can find in the country, and he normally accepts a job, just like uh, Graham Harrell just said. Uh, uh, You know, USC isn't a hard place to recruit to uh, for players and coaches and the living uh, accommodations here in Southern California and the tradition of the football program and the educational programs that they offer. So uh, you should be able to get the type of talent, not only as players, but coaches too. And uh, I'm impressed with this young guy's uh, ability to sit in front of the media. I'm impressed about, I believe he sounds organized. And uh, I'm very interested to see just how they all work together on the offensive staff and making it happen, and how they also assist the defensive side of the football when they go against each other. Because the defensive side of the football has got to face different types of offenses too, so you want both sides of the football to get better. Um, what The next thing, I think we were talk about some of the talent that he is uh, inheriting and that he's walking into, and he had said, yeah, like looking at some of the film and watching some of the workouts, like yeah, it's different looking kind of athletes than what they had at North Texas. And that makes a lot of sense. He said he really loved the, uh, the running back group. And I think you're going to see them be utilized quite a bit. Like I said, we didn't really get to talk about tight ends or uh, the offensive line. He didn't really mention that, but the, you know, the receiver core, uh, he loved a lot. Uh, you know, you got some really good players there and he talked about the quarterbacks too, you know, and, and said, basically it's open competition. Like what, what you, what you've heard that everybody, you know, it's not JT Daniels job or all the things like that, that all the positions would be open, but it sounded like from what he was saying, coach, he's, he seemed pretty impressed with the talent at his disposal at USC. Well, he should be because they should have the best talent or almost the best talent in college football. That's the type of football program is. And obviously there's no question in my mind uh, that it's better talent than where he was. It, it should be. So I'm sure he's uh, impressed with the talent he has. Now it's taking that talent. Remember, though, uh, this talent's going to be playing against talent that uh, 
is not the opponents of what North Texas State played. Okay? True, yes. So it's going to be a little bit different uh, matchups than what he had at North Texas State because uh, they beat Arkansas last year. I think Arkansas was, what, 0-8 in conference, Southeastern Conference, maybe 2-10 and on the year. They beat SMU, and I think they beat South, Southern Mississippi or, or whatever. It doesn't make any difference. So it's a different caliber of talent. So you got to be careful not to say my talent is better than anybody else's talent, but it sets you up for failure. You've got to talk about, I've got to see what we have. I got to see what we got to accomplish. I got to make sure I get our players in the right place. Of course, you don't belittle your players, but you've got to say, Hey, I've got to evaluate all these players. I got to evaluate the offensive line and everything else before I can make a statement that we have better players or whatever we're going to do next year. So uh, I think that's one thing that you got to be careful of. Yeah, for sure. Um, as far as uh, a couple more topics, I guess we'll get with one of the things he was asked about was the pressure uh, of being, uh, you know, coaching at USC, especially with them coming off a five and seven season you know, the head coach, uh, you know, on the hot seat. And I thought his answer was pretty interesting talking about that. You, you know, you take it, he's not really worried about the pressure. Like if you're at a place like USC, there's pressure when you lose, but there's pressure if you win to get back and win again. Um, and he's, you know, he feels like that's a job where your, you know, your job status is always in question because the expectations uh, are, are so high, but it didn't seem to be bothered by any sort of extra pressure or anything. Well, it shouldn't be. I've always told coaches, make sure you rent. Don't buy too fast. Because you never know if you're going to be promoted or you're going to be demoted. So uh, save your money for hard times and do your very best job. And and I think that uh, him coming to USC, as I said, is a great uh, step for him. And I think pressure is everywhere. I don't care if you coach at Pop Warner football. You've got pressure to win. You've got pressure to do your best job at coaching. If you care about what you're doing in any work work line that you do, you got pressure. I mean, if you're a salesman, you want to be the best salesman, no matter what you do. So if you're a football coach and you're a positional coach, you want your players to play better than anybody else, and you challenge them to do that. And I think that he's not afraid of pressure. He's young. He's got uh, a great future. This is a great opportunity. I mean, how can he go wrong? Like I mentioned, if everything works out for him, hey, he's going to be head football coach somewhere. If things don't work out for him, he's still young enough to go become a quarterback coach somewhere. So he's got everything going for him. And uh, he's impressed the media so far. Now he just has to follow through with it. Yeah, Uh, he has. I've been impressed. To have this offense coach be 90th in the country in scoring is ridiculous. There's just way too much talent. I don't care. It's not about the schedules. It's just they needed to be better. Like the offense just was terrible. They would go away for a quarter and a half at times, and it just didn't look like it was well run, well organized, well thought out. It just it looked like this hodgepodge. And you're just looking at the players. You're like, you you got to take this group of players and do something better. Now you have a more simplistic system that has proven results at, at many different levels. I did, I don't know if I'm crazy, Coach, but I just think the offense is going to make this huge jump. Now, how is that going to impact the defense? Will the defense give up more points because 
the offense is scoring more points, uh, you know, more pressure on special teams. You know, I'm not sure about all that stuff. That's possible. But I think in general, Coach, we're going to look at the end of 2019 and go, wow, that offense was so much better. Well, I hope they have the train back on the tracks, okay? And he's a pretty good engineer or the plane back in the air, and he's a pretty good pilot. But we got to wait and see, you know. Got to wait and see and, and see what happens. Uh, uh, I'm not going to uh, say that everything has changed yet, but it can't get it much worse than what it was. So you got to be somewhat positive. And as we went along the entire time, you know, we called, I called the past offense 31 flavors, if you remember. I mean, whatever play that comes up, you'd call it. There was no rhythm or reason for anything, no formations, no under center, no real goal line offense. I mean, no real theory. And I was pretty critical, okay? And a lot of our listeners were pretty critical. And so were you and others. So we're looking for an improvement of where you have a reason, know why you do something. And uh, we hope to see that. There's got to be uh, a reason you run a play or a reason that you don't run a play. And you've got to have the right players on the field to run a certain play. So we're all think, uh, I all, I mean, I'm just waiting to see exactly what happens. Uh, I'm going to be very careful not to be too committal yet on what I think is going to happen. So I'm going to let everybody just wait. And when I'm able to watch it a little bit more and understand the philosophy a little bit more and see how they're performing to it a little bit more, then I'll be able to be more uh, uh, definite on my feelings. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm, this is making me much more excited to cover spring football because of this uh, coach. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes, but I, I I'm, I'm uh optimistic that the offense is going to look a lot better. I'm curious to see how different practices look because you can't do those kind of things. That That's a big deal about, you can say it's, you know, it's, it's going to be less about X's and O's and plays and really uh, the offensive philosophy. And I think Dan Weber was just, you know, harping on that when we talked after the press conference uh, yesterday, but practice has to reflect that you have, you're going to be practicing a lot different than what they were doing before. Not practicing this series of plays it's practicing how to run this offense so um we'll see we'll see how it goes but i'm, I'm curious next week uh, when we roll out there uh we got one last question for you coach and we'll let you go it's a text question uh it says hello usc football born and raised in culver city now in salt lake uh this person doesn't give his name uh so, but it's from so salt lake city via culver city one thing that bothered me is some of the cocky behavior by some of our guys, even taunting. I don't understand how Clay's not disciplining this team. It leads me to a deeper concern of, quote, entitlement uh, among the team. Ten years in Utah land has shown what a disciplined team and hungry three stars can do. It kills me to see Utah succeed with mostly average guys with no attitude and real grit than to see us struggle with more talent and jump around like a bunch of immature freshmen while losing. Less taunting and showboating, more class. The culture must change. Thanks to all you do, Ryan and team. Uh, so that's that's the question, Coach. And I agree. Too much Hollywood. Too much Hollywood on the field. And these guys are stars and think they're stars. It's pretty hard, tough to be a star when you're 5 and 7, okay? And you, you get in the end zone and you're down 25 to 7 or 21 to 7 and you're jumping in the end zone like you've been there all day. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, let's, 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 I, you know, and you've heard that statement all the time, act like you've been there before. And, and people don't like it. I mean, uh, you know, you're celebrating and dancing and doing all these things. Hey, get out with the football game. I didn't come here to, 
to see you take pictures of yourself on the sideline and all the things that we've seen. I mean, if you remember a couple of years ago, the waving of the towels, wherever that towel stuff came in. You've heard me talk about all that kind of stuff, the bench discipline. I mean, it all starts with practice. It all starts with the way you dress. It all starts with the way you stretch. It all starts with the way you're on the line of scrimmage and the authority and the coach's voices and so on. If somebody does something wrong, you let them know it. You don't tolerate it. You just don't tolerate it. If somebody wants to dance, you take them over and you in, and you send them over to the academic advisor and you put them in dance class, okay? And you let them just dance all day over there. <laughs> and you you really do. And you you tell guys, hey, let's act like we're a football team and football players. I mean, if you want to do drama and all that, take a class. But let's come out here and be professional and do what we have to do. Let's don't do what everybody does on Sunday. They do that for marketing and everybody's having so much fun on Sunday on national TV. And you remember they used to penalize him for that, but because of the ratings and so on and people getting a little bored in the, with NFL, they, they've let them do this again because people get to see something a little bit more exciting than just watch the game with all the TV timeouts and everything. But at SC, you got to spend your time, or USC, spend your time on football and talk about football, not about what you're going to do on the sideline or have your helmet on and ready to play on practice and uh, in practice and everything else. and Have your jersey tucked in or the way you're supposed to wear it in the game and same socks, same shoes. Uh, you know, wear a T-shirt underneath that says team and then me, small letters. You know, all of these little things that you can't tolerate as a teacher or a parent when you say a certain time or you do a certain thing. If you don't follow through with that, then everybody sees it. Someone drops a piece of tape on the field and then pick it up. Then the next guy will do the same thing. If you walk by and don't pick up a piece of tape that's on the floor, why should I pick it up? So it's all part of it. It all starts with the uh, minute you walk into a room why in a court does uh, everybody stand up when the judge walks in? For respect. Just for respect. And all of a sudden, it's the honorable so-and-so. You can sit down now before he sentences you. So, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to have respect for your teammates. You have to have respect for your opponents. And you got to be better than everybody else. And I think that's what they have to instill now at USC. All right, Coach. Well, by next week... We'll be uh, talking actual football. Uh, USC spring ball starts, like I said, uh, March 5th. So looking forward to that. But coach, uh, great stuff. Thanks for coming on and uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Hey, Ryan, thank you very much. And for all of you out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for participating. And, uh, you know, football just never goes away. Hey, Brian, you're going to be on my show. Yes. Thursday night. At the restaurant, I want to tell everybody. Yeah, we're going tell to be everyone about that. Yeah, let's tell it. Ryan is going to be with me, and I'm going to be asking him questions. It's going to be reversed at the Salabella Pizzeria at 625 East Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena, California. The Colorado Boulevard is where the parade goes every New Year's Day. And that show will be on KSHP Radio. That's AM 1490. If you can't get there, just go to their website. Uh, KSHB.com, com, KSHB.com, and hit listen, and you'll come on. And also on Saturday morning, that 
show replays on KMET in the Inland Empire, and that's uh, KMET.com, and hit listen. So, Ryan, I'm looking forward to having you on, and thank you for coming on Thursday. No, I'm looking forward to that, too, and uh, the pizza is great. I'll, uh, I'm speaking down at an event in uh, Vista, California, and then I'm going to go up to Pasadena, so it'll be a big It'll be a big day uh, driving around talking to USC football. And it's fun. Yeah, it's fun when you ask me questions, coach, and then we can uh, we switch things up a little bit. Now, I'm going to do a little recruiting. Okay. I love to recruit. You know that. Oh, okay. So I'm going to tell everybody out there USCfootball.com is something that's really special for all you people to listen to. Okay. Some of you have signed up for it, some of you haven't. Obviously, my podcast is a podcast you get for free, which. Uh, he can't sell me, so he has to give it for free. Okay? <laughs> but join it. Get all the information on what's happening behind the scenes and so on, and keep this beautiful website afloat. You know, it's very reasonable, 100 and some dollars for the entire year, and have the availability of it no matter where you are. So go to the website, subscribe, and join it. Now, Ryan isn't going to say this, but I am. I enjoy it. I've been here 12 years. I wouldn't do this unless I really liked the website and I like Ryan Abraham. So show it him and the website. You like it too by just simply signing up. Okay. That's all we say now is thank you. Be a part of our huddling team. Okay. Yeah. Thanks coach. It's a great sales job. Yeah, definitely. Definitely go check it out. Uh, you want to get all the inside information on USC football. You can do that at uscfootball.com. That's how this, this uh, podcast started. Um, all right, coach, appreciate that. Thanks for, for that. And, uh, we will talk to you next week. Everyone else. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a little part of our Peristyle podcast family. And we'll talk to you all next week. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC tickets is your concert sports and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 